everything that I do here is geared towards skill development, right? It used to, obviously, it used to not be so. I used to be very big in, like, conditioning. <laughs> you know, like, John, you know, running, push-ups, all that, right? But the more, the more experience I got and the more people I saw coaching, you know, I realized that it's all about skill, you know, like jujitsu is a skill, so you have to develop that skill. So everything I do is directed towards skill development. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pohada Podcast. As usual, check out at the Pohada Podcast on social media. Rate the show with five stars and share it with a friend if you're willing to. This is a show where we talk about jujitsu with jujitsu people very often, black belts. This show is also brought to you by way of the Tiger Soap Company. If you do a lot of jiu-jitsu, you take a lot of showers and you might as well enjoy the process. Good soap that smells good and supports one of ours, as the soap is made by a BJJ brother of mine, Julian. This time around, we've got Enrique of Southside Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and his most recent black belt, Nick Seo. If you've been to tournaments in or around Minnesota, you've no doubt noticed their presence and felt their energy. Without further ado, my conversation with Enrique and Nick. All right, boys. Names and ranks right off the bat. How about that? Enrique, (laughs) black belt. Okay. First degree. Nick, black belt. uh, No degree. (laughs) degree? (laughs) New black belt. When did you get your black belt? Uh, October... Oh man, I should know the twenty third. Twenty third, thank you. Just just this past year. Just this past huh? year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How's it yeah. going? It's 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 still kind of weird, but I think it's less of an imposter syndrome than I thought it would be. I guess. Oh okay. Like that was something I was talking with. Like I I grew up with a bunch of people back home who trained and actually got their black belts this year too. And mm-hmm. when I went back home, we we're talking about it, and it was just kind of like. It was always something, I guess, I don't know. I mean, we maybe took the long route, all of us. Sure. And you kind of see it and you're like, it was one of those things where you, you know it's coming and maybe you're like afraid it's coming. You're like, ah, oh, because, you know, I know what it felt going from blue to purple and then purple to brown. And then, but I can say like, yeah, I think that's one thing that was, it was kind of interesting topic we're talking about is it doesn't feel as much of an imposter syndrome as maybe I thought it would, like sure. getting it. So, but still, yeah. You think it's maybe not as much of an imposter syndrome yet? Probably. Like oh, for sure. Yeah. And for I, sure. No it's probably still fresh, but like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I definitely, it's still kind of a shock that like. To be there. To be there. Right. I mean, I've never, I don't feel like I've ever hit the end of something or stuck with something this long. And I guess jujitsu kind of has a visual, like, you know. Sure. It's like getting know. a degree, right? Yeah, I got, exactly. I got the yeah. PhD. And, and that came with a lot of imposter syndrome. <laughs> I mean, I have my master's and that sure. came with an imposter syndrome, but. I don't know. Maybe it's just because you, you do this every day or you do this, you know. Oh, well, it's diff- good, though. He's different good. when you take an ass whooping, too. <laughs> yeah, no. He's good. <laughs> I was going to say, should he have imposter syndrome? <laughs> no, he shouldn't. No, no. He's very good. They're definitely- He's very, very good. He's the smallest guy in the room, and he rolls with everybody. He's not afraid to roll with anyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's he's good. Really, really good. Did you bump into that imposter syndrome thing when you landed there? Um, I think when I hit brown belt, I did. Mm-hmm. Sure. Not black belt. Brown belt, yes. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, what, what, what was different for you? You know, I think I, I think uh, I used to compete. In, well, I don't compete anymore. I had uh, three surgeries, three major surgeries. I don't really compete anymore. But 
I think when 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 I was a purple belt, um, when I was competing, I did not do very good. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a mental <laughs> mental block every time I competed. Mm. So when I got my brown belt, I felt like, oh my god, like maybe, <laughs> you know, right? I I don't deserve it. I think I was pretty good in the gym, but not in competition. Sure. So. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's. Why. I could see that. Yeah, I go compete at purple belt six times. I lose six times. Yeah, and I think I, and I think I, I think I blew. What I was doing pretty good, and then when purple hit, it was just like not very good. Sure, sure. <laughs> not very good. Not very and I've, good. I've heard something close to that from a lot of people on this. That like as they went up the levels, it was like mm-hmm. this, not up and down, and yeah. competition fell by the wayside because I kind of I didn't like it or I wasn't doing good or right. they didn't bloom till later. Maybe right. it seems to be a common thing. And and I think like honestly, I'm not. I'm not exceptionally good at jujitsu. I'm not, not at all. I think I think I'm a way better coach than I am like okay. a competitor mm, or yeah. it, on the mats. I mean, yeah. I have my guys that kick my ass. Sure, you know. And I can relate to that. Once I started coaching <laughs> and stuff, and stuff I did pretty good. And once I started coaching it, I started realizing, oh, passing on the knowledge is a whole different skill it set. Is, it is. It's totally line. different. It's totally yeah. different. Yep. For sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, let's get to this place. Tell me about Southside Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Well, we, uh, we, I, <laughs> I started, uh, back in 2016 mm-hmm. and, um, at the time I was working for the state of Minnesota, I was working for the department of corrections, Okay, but I really, I was a brown belt at the time and I really wanted to start teaching. For me, it was like, it's now or never. Right. Yeah. And I really wanted to get out of the DOC because it's it's uh, mentally it's it's not very good for people it's really not it's not a really good good environment to be there right Mm. so i just wanted to do something else but i didn't have the cash i did i didn't really have anything except i just wanted to teach so um i put an ad on um what was it craigslist uh for like a shared space and um this couple replied they had a little church in vinky town right and so I went, met with them, and, you know, we hit it off, and we decided to give it a try. Initially, it was just going to be, like, private lessons because they had already trained, so they just wanted somebody to train with privately, but it turned out to more than that, so so that's how it started. And, you know, at the beginning, I had, like, 10 students. It's, 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 it's super wild right now that I have guys competed at, like, ADCC yeah. Opens and Subspectrum mm-hmm. and all these, you know, mm-hmm. IBJF. It's yeah. super, super weird in, in right. a good way. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's super wild. Because you think it was just a few years ago. It was me and three people here or wherever. Seriously, right? yeah, it, yeah. it was, it was, it's super, super wild, yeah. you know. And then, um, I don't know, It's it, but it's super cool too. <laughs> what was that first space you landed in? A church, you said? It's, it's a church. Uh, do you remember? Uh, what, you it's know? called Andrew Riverside. Andrew Riverside, yes. Presbyterian Church, I think. Uh, and you're just training in the basement or something? It was like their lobby. Their lobby. So we had yeah. roll up mat. We had roll up mats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And so every night we had to roll them up yep. and roll them back up. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's kind of a pain in the ass, but a very yeah. samurai, you know. But yeah, it kind of was, yeah. I think about it because we did. I mean, we had to clean. We had to roll them up mm-hmm. every night, and then on Fridays we actually had to pack them up and push them into Move the corner because they had yeah. service. Plus, yeah. we had to share with a what was that daycare, right? There was a daycare. There was a. I mean, you see, have all kinds of stuff happening. Yeah. All kinds of people. It, yeah, it's it's fine. It was fun times. And, yeah. I, and at the same time, I was I was still working at the prison mm-hmm. at Oak Park Heights. Shout out to those guys still there. The real prison. <laughs> yeah, the real prison. The, the real prison. Yeah, yeah. at Oak Park. So <laughs> just in um, case people don't realize, that's super real max. prison. Yeah, super max. <laughs> right. So shout out to those guys, and um, 
it was really, really tiring, you know, like just working my shift and coming to train. Plus, I, I was competing as a brown belt, and so I was in, in between. I was trained for that, you know, like doing strength conditioning and stuff. So it was, it was a lot of hours, yeah, you know, but sure. I think it was worth it at the end. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you were operating like a business as a business out of their training students? Yes, yes. How long were you there? Uh, we were from 16 to 19 to okay. like August 19. Then we opened here August 1st. Good time. Twenty nineteen. Get ahead of the yes, twenty twenty. Yeah, thing. man. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, you're right was, there still. Great. That kind of worked out. Like, I, I really got lucky because my my dear friend Adrian, he's another black belt. Yep. Um, when when he came to look at the place before we opened, and he offered to be a an investor. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, somebody help. Yeah, you know, he, right? he had the cash, he had everything. So sure. I'm like, all right, that's that's cool. And then the pandemic hit. It's like I was, I, I don't know if we would have survived without him. Honestly, I, I don't, I don't know. Mm, it, it, sure. was, it was, it was. When I think about it, it's really scary. How, how many students did you have when you landed in this space? I think I had like thirty. Okay, so yeah. a decent base. Whether or not it immediately means you get to survive the pandemic still right, crash but you. It, but by March we probably had like a hundred students. And March then, the next year. So yeah, so 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 we had we started with thirty or forty, right? It was less and than then, yeah, it was less and than then, in, yeah, in, in August yeah. twenty nineteen, and then by the time the pandemic hit, we had probably ninety or a hundred, right? And most of them left. So I was, mm-hmm. I had only like thirty students, right? Yeah. Right now we're sitting at 160, so we're not doing too bad. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Pretty lucky. Uh yeah. What a, I mean, what a deal! Everybody loses their jobs. Well, I'm canceling my gym membership. Yeah. No, for sure. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. No, it's understandable. For you sure. We did have some students. So I mean, we were also kind of lucky because a lot of those core people who have been with us since the beginning still, you know. Right. I mean, I'm sure every gym kind of had that where you know if they didn't come, they still. Yeah, just just contribute. Yeah, let, which was cool. Yeah, so, I mean, out. thankful to some of those guys, but yeah, a lot of it was hard. Yeah, Adrian, his other business is he's he's an accountant, so he works for fabulous. All, <laughs> he works for all like he, his clients are mostly like Latino businesses, mm-hmm. uh, specifically restaurants. Mm. So he has a, a lot of experience with that. So he was able to secure. Uh, state funds for us oh sure, you know, during, sure. during the pandemic so. yeah accounting for restaurants must be just like full contact accounting like talk <laughs> oh about, yeah i'm sure about a volatile <laughs> i don't industry. know i don't know i don't know how he does it but yeah. that's definitely yeah. pro level stuff he, he definitely, yeah. yeah for me it's, it's pretty easy because I just, I just have this and that's that <laughs> just show up to jujitsu show up to yeah. jujitsu teach and go home you know and he does all the accounting for us so and I don't know. Sure. Well, I don't know if Adrian is also a black belt as mm-hmm. well. Yep. Third degree, um, third degree, and Adrian is yeah. is is really good. Yeah. Where's where he a black belt out of? Like, what's his Sukata? Sukata. So Argentina. where? Like, where? Oh, so he's he, he got full. he 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 got his black belt from the La Hiva. Yeah. Like he actually from the La Hiva. So. No big deal. So he's old Carlson Gracie. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah, he trained in Brazil and everything. So For old sure, Carlson yeah. Gracie. Yeah. yeah he's, so. he's kind of. <laughs> it's it's kind of a funny thing because yeah he's he's kind of a gangster he just comes in you know and you know again he doesn't train like the competition classes or anything but when he comes in oh he just like you know rolls with all our young guys and you see him and it's it's a it's nothing flashy it's like a old school just like you're like oh that's i don't know timing it's all timing and like uh you know just Old just technique, technique. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And just, it's cool. just just shows up to remind everybody. And <laughs> exactly. Then and then leaves. <laughs> and then he leaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah it is pretty gangster. He's, he's super gangster. Yeah. yeah. He's also quiet. So it's cool. It's just yeah. You know, 
Yeah, he's a cool dude. Adrian's cool a cool dude. Guy, yeah. So how many total years have you been training jujitsu? Um, twenty something. Because so I was a white belt for like six years <laughs> in Mexico. Why? Yeah. Why? Because we only had a blue belt at the time. Sure. For, from Brazil. Right. You can't promote above yourself, right? No. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. So. <laughs> And then uh, I was training at the IMB in Mexico. It's the International Martial Arts and Boxing Association. Okay. Uh, my coach, he trained under Richard Bustillo, who was like a student of Bruce Lee. Okay. Right? So we did like Kali and all that. But I love jiu-jitsu, so I just wanted to train jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I stopped there for like six years, and then it was like time to leave. I'm like, I got to go. I got to go somewhere. Now, was that leaving Mexico? Yeah, leaving Mexico. Yeah. It wasn't just, I need to find a different gym. No, it's, I was like, I need to, f- to leave. I mean, obviously, right now, Mexico's doing really good in MMA and Jiu-Jitsu. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it was really, really bad. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Is this where you landed after you left? Yes. Why here? Because my dad had been here for about oh, okay. 35, 40 years. Oh, sure, sure. He's a musician. He was a musician, right? He passed away. But he was a musician, so I moved here. You know, I already had my... I already was a resident... So I had no problems with papers. And the economic situation in Mexico wasn't very good, right? And so I, I left everything behind to restart. I was like 31, 30, 31 at the time. Oh, that's, that's tough, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? Like it seems yeah, like super tough. by the super time tough. I'm in my 30s, I want to feel <laughs> yeah. kind of settled. That's a tough, yeah, tough super move. tough, super mm. tough. So, so I left everything behind. I just wanted to restart. And getting here was really, really tough. Just like I did not have enough money to... For, like to have a plane ticket from Mexico City to Minneapolis, so I bought a, a ticket from Mexico City to Chicago, and then I took a Greyhound to Minneapolis, sure, sure. <laughs> and then I had like a hundred bucks left in my pocket. That's it. That's all I had, man. Oh, wow. That's all I had. You know. Where'd you land? Uh, what with my dad first, and then oh. I had a room that had no windows. <laughs> so so winters, that was like first apartment once so, you got out of so your So winters place. were really fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's a dark, cold existence there, yeah. Man, those were dark times, you know, because I was I was detailing cars. Mm-hmm. I was working for, like, some pest control companies, right? Yeah. I, working I was, stiff kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I was doing some restaurant work. It was, it was tough, man. You just was, take whatever you can get in that, oh, yeah, in that super kind tough. of situation. Yeah. Super tough. And then I'm like, well, I should get a better job. So I had some experience with the correction world. Right mm-hmm. back in Mexico, so I'm like, okay, let's do this. <laughs> Experience with Experience. corrections, <laughs> air, air quotes, gotcha, gotcha. Whatever gets you through the door, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so, so that was that. And that's and hold on, you just went over to Oak Park Heights, said, "Here, hire me at this enormously secure prison, or what?" Well, I applied and they hired yeah. me. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. You know, I applied. Uh, it's not. It's not. A, it's 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 not a good. It's a good job. It's just wears on a guy. For it, it wears out on you a lot. Mm-hmm. I was completely different back. You remember me? Yeah, like, you're a lot happier now. Yeah. <laughs> Is it one of those things where like the job itself just becomes so all encompassing where like you're almost a different person, like you're your a personality? Person. For sure you're a different person. This is the stuff it's, you it's, see. It's, it's a lot or, of stress. It's yeah. a lot of stress. Right? The stuff you see. I mean I ha- I saw a coworker pass away. Yeah. Right. I I saw coworkers get assaulted. Yeah. You know, like like bloody assaulted, like really, really bad, you know, and 
So it's not, no, it's not a good environment. Plus, like, so tell you a bit, bit about my childhood. So I come sure. from a super yeah. abusive home, mm-hmm. right, where my stepdad was super abusive. So I had that. So it was not good in my mental health. Mm-hmm. So I've, I had to put in a lot of work, but working there did not help. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Working there did not help. Maybe so. some catharsis or something, yeah, but probably yeah, yeah. not much, right? Yeah. So I had to, you know, I was... I was fostered with relatives. So it's, it's a, mm. It was a shit show, you know? Yeah. But but here we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Talk about making it. I love it. Here yeah. we are. Got that yeah. American story going. That's, that's cool, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of, yes. Yes. The, the American dream, right? For sure. For sure. So you, you mentioned um, you're to the point now where you've got people competing at, you know, reasonably prestigious competitions and yeah. stuff. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Tell me about it. Brag, brag a little bit. Tell me about who we got, what they've been up to recently. Tim Walker, all those guys, yeah. Go. I mean, well, he's, what? he's definitely more, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, just, well, you know all the guys. I know all the guys, <laughs> but talk. I think, you know, I, these are definitely a, you know, a product of Enrique's competition experience and his coaching in that area. Um, more my coaching than my More his coaching. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely I, not I, my I honestly competition don't think, like, my, Honestly, like, honestly, like, my jiu-jitsu is not, I don't think it's very good. I think it's just... It's just jujitsu, sure, you know. Sure, I can hold my own, but these guys are really, really, yeah, really good. Right, I really right. think they're really good. Yeah. Right, and that's one of those things. It's like a testament of a good gym. Is like, is the top dog the guy that's teaching everybody, or is people catching up yet? Are people you right. know, surpassing? Right, yeah. and and I have I have the like I th- I think they they see the example because I I think a lot of coaches just sit on the side. I like to get in there with them. Sure, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I, I like to expose myself. You know, if I get tabbed, you get tabbed. That's fine. Right. You know, yeah. right? I, I don't train jujitsu. Damn it! Train jujitsu. That's, yeah. that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Is jujitsu? Exactly. Exactly. Might like, like teaching, but you still want to do it. Right? Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think right now, like my best grappler is Tim. I'm Tim sure Leong. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Know him. He's, I got some plans for a couple episodes with him. Actually, yeah. Good. He's really, really, really good. Like really yeah. good. Tim. Really good. Um, and Walker. My old boy Walker. Yeah. I don't think I know Walker. Walker, he big came, fella. Well, he's big now. Muscular, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Definitely good muscular, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good big. Well, when, when he came to, I always tell him like he couldn't. He like he it feel like he had like two left feet when he grappled, right? Oh, <laughs> he oh, couldn't yeah. grapple for shit. He, he when he was a Weibel, he like lost like thirteen matches in a row, right? Oh, and boy. he he kept he kept coming for sure. And I, you know, we encouraged him to keep doing it sure. and now he's just a monster he came in weighing like 160 pounds he's like 200 now couldn't he's a purple belt yeah. he's just a monster <laughs> he's a monster uh he just placed third at the adc open in chicago okay so i think I, okay i think i can picture him now yeah he is really good <laughs> yeah I mean, I have guys like Adam. We got Adam's, Ronnie. Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie's another dog. Like Ronnie just Tom. got his purple. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. We have a really good core. Who, who's the Who's the big fella that just competed at the MSMA thing? A few oh, months ago? Daniel. 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 He just went up to purple. Yep, he did. Right purple. Yeah, yep. so he, he was super fun to watch. Especially like I'm like I'm a larger than average dude, and he's mm-hmm. he's a big old yeah. fella to watch his jujitsu. I'm like, am I supposed to be able to do? That kind he's of very good. He's he very does. good. I he just plays. wish he would. Yeah. I wish he would do what he does here. That he would do it in competition. Oh, uh, that's one of those. Yeah. <laughs> What's but different? Maybe experience. I mean, I feel I like think he, he just started sure. competing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's been. I think he, that that MSM one was like might have only been his like third or second, oh. and definitely first big like uh, 
you know, that super kind of fight type of the super right? fight kind of thing, yeah. you know. Uh, what was different technically? Is there is there something different technically for a guy like that? Because I was he, watching he him going, be, this he, is sort of an unconventional. He can be very aggressive thing. and, and very okay. mobile. Sure. Right? I think. But I think yeah, that's Nike just kind of pull guard. And, well, he, he's and also. And, I think what's different too is he's also a big guy that likes likes to play like deep half. Yeah, and, he plays guard. And he likes to play <laughs> on the bottom. Yeah, he and was go diving underneath. Under yeah. every single time. Yeah. I was just like, all right. I Which like I mean, this. you know, when he. <laughs> For someone small like me rolling with him, when he takes the whole floor, then it's like, oh man, you right. know, like. Well, he's yeah. pretty terrifying on top. He is no, but he's well, also. Yeah. I mean, he. You know, we have a, we have a lot of good wrestlers here. You know, we got like Tom and and oh, Graham and all these wrestlers, and they'll wrestle with him. You know, and you can see that. I mean, again, his wrestling has also gotten a lot. Yeah, better. everybody's wrestling here is pretty pretty good. Yeah, gross. We, 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 gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We focus on that a lot, you know. That's why we're sitting on the mats, just in case somebody wanted to get wild. <laughs> exactly. I can at least yeah. start where I know what no, to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, Daniel. Daniel is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he's just got his purple. Emma. 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 She's yeah. super good too. Yeah. So she got a rough year, uh, but she's so good. She she's hit me up and too. asked if she could use some of my pictures for drawing practice she oh that's right yep. yeah she's yeah. an artist she's still, also an artist still waiting for a couple of those drawings Emma. <laughs> call her out Emma. they're calling you out right now <laughs> yeah. i was like hell yeah of course you know do it especially like if you know somebody in the picture whatever, yeah. Go for yeah, it. yeah oh yeah. and right now we have a we have a pair of black belts yes uh, josue and pam so he's from argentina and she's from paraguay she's probably like right in the state of minnesota i think she's the most decorated female black belt Right, she's a two-time Pan Am champ at black belt. She's a uh, got third place at Worlds, and she's a European champion. Plus, she's competing yeah. in Brazil a ton at uh, Abu Dhabi Pro. She is a monster. And she did MMA too, I think, right? Yeah, yeah there's a couple yeah. of fights. I think I did see a couple of her MMA fights. But her four days are like a transatlantic hub or something. They're like <laughs> we an intercontinental <laughs> hub. You got people from all over the world. We do, there. we do, we, we do, we do. There, you got five. Is that like six black belts in the room? Five. Theoretically, five. We have five. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think a couple of a few of our guys could be black belts in our academies, to be honest. But yeah. you know, gotta let it play out. Gotta, gotta let yeah. patience be a part gotta, of the process. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Make him wait. Yeah. How, how fast should somebody become a black belt? It's a very general question, but what do you think? I think it depends on the person. I I don't believe in promoting fast. I'd rather err on the sort of side of caution. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather yeah. make him wait a little bit. Yeah. Especially if they're competitors. Yeah. Right. I don't want to. I don't want to promote too fast. Um, I believe in building confidence. And if that means making wait six months, extra year, I mean, I think, I think it's good. Right. It you beats, know? you know, being at the risk of sandbagging mm-hmm. beats moving up too quick and right. getting kicked in the ass and taking a knock to your confidence. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's sandbagging. I mean, well, yeah, and I mean, like, just, like, risking, like, okay, somebody's ready, yeah. buddy, you know? Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, 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 for sure. I, I'm, I'm not going to wait somebody, I'm not going to make somebody wait, like, years and years, you know? For but sure. I think yeah. a little bit is good, right? Because I, I, I want to build their confidence, right? Like, if you're a white belt and I give you a blue belt right away and you go compete, you're going to get your ass kicked. I'd rather you wait longer, <laughs> Yeah. Know. They're already at risk of not showing up again. <laughs> They're going to disappear. Yeah. Exactly. Right? Let's exactly. have as many positive experiences in the beginning mm-hmm. as possible. Yeah. What, what, when did you, how many years did you take to black belt? 
And and I I ask it now because it's pertinent to the conversation. Like I mean, hmm. who fundamentally gives a shit if it was four years, probably, five years, twenty like, years? I mean, but yeah, probably like how long? Like fifteen or so or more. Probably more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's one of those things where, like, statistically, if you're a purple belt in jujitsu, you're like in the one percent. Yeah. Of really? the world. That's what I heard. Yeah. Well, no, but I mean, think about it. Like eight billion people. True. True. Effectively, a couple hundred throughout the world do some jujitsu. Yeah. Right. You know, practically nobody makes it past blue belt. Yeah. Yeah. It took took me that long. So I don't think people think I'm that good anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, and but like, here's the deal. For the sake of my own sanity, 15 years ain't long. Mm. Like eight years is super fast. Super fast. Let's be honest. Like, re- yeah. I mean, and good for the people that do it, and are good. Good for you. Apparently, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> I know. am too. I yeah. am too. Mine's, yeah, I took 14 years. So yeah. And it was, so that's what I'm saying. Like that's normal. That ain't, mine that ain't must a long be longer time. than that. It's, I think mine's longer. I have to do the math, but it's way longer than you're that. You're 2019, right? Right. I was there. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah April 6th, 2019. Yeah. It was my sixth day of jujitsu. That was your there sixth you day? Yeah, oh, I, crazy. I had, I had just joined up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, you made me cry already once. I've only ever, <laughs> I've only ever met you like I've twice. I've cry too. <laughs> you know, you're, 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 you're spe- you were, cause you had started with your old man, right? Yeah, like that was up, the up anniversary of, his, of his pa- him passing away. That was the anniversary. That's yeah. what it was. April 6th, yeah. Like, I, didn't, I wasn't even fully grasping what you were saying in your speech, but mm-hmm. I, was, I remember feeling the feels, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know anybody here, and I'm kind of tearing up, <laughs> man. This is a hell of a thing. Yeah, man. Yeah. April 6th was when he passed away in 2014, so it was like, what, uh, how many years? Five, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five years. And he trained some jiu-jitsu with you, correct? My dad, Is no. that right? No. I don't know why. Maybe maybe I morphed it into music. a. Well, I mean, Enrique is also. He, pl- he played music. Yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah. He's a musician. And it's your dad. I mean, who, who gives yeah. a shit what he did or didn't yeah, do, right? Yeah, yeah. His hidden talent, though, is that he's a pretty mean musician, so I've heard. So. <laughs> what do you play? Play bass. Bass? Yeah. You? No, I don't play nothing. No. Oh, you should have lied. Dude. Nobody's going to fact check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I play everything. The I bass. Guess, you know? sings, Everybody yeah, plays yeah, bass. Yeah. No, no. I do everything but sing. Otherwise, <laughs> that you're going to have to make me prove. Uh, tell me about we we've kind of uh, leaned into some some how you think about training and why people should train and stuff. But break down your coaching philosophy for me, either one of you. You want to like start? If, you want if to I start? show up and I'm like, what do I expect here? What's the answer? So oh, everything everything that I do here is geared towards skill development, right? It used to obviously it used to not be so. I used to be very big in like conditioning, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like John, you know, running, push-ups, all that, mm-hmm. right? But the more the more experience I got, and the more people I saw coaching, mm. you know, I realized that it's all about skill. You know, like jujitsu is a skill, so you have to develop that skill. So everything I do is directed towards skill development, right? Yeah. So. Uh, I played a little, a little bit with the eco training. As we still do, right? Uh, I just adapted to what we do in the room, right? Mm-hmm. We do a lot of live drills, um, hyper-specific drills, specific drills, uh, full rolls, stand-up, all of it. We do all of it, right? Mm-hmm. But everything's geared for them to be better, yeah. better, better, better yeah. in every area of, of the game. Yeah, yeah. So not really an attachment to like, here's my coaching philosophy. No. This is the bubble of information we no. use. It's mostly just who's in front of me. Are we getting better? What can we do to yes. get better? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like the, I like the, 
the the thing about the conditioning thing because it's a physical skill. Mm-hmm. So I'm sweating and I'm tired and when I'm doing it, so it's easy to get wrapped up in like, yeah, it's a workout. Mm-hmm. We're gonna sweat. And we're gonna get tired. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get in shape. Yeah. And it's like that's fantastic, mm-hmm. but really, I can yeah. go supplement some cardio and do some dumbbell squats. Exactly. Right. I think if, like, if, if I'm here on the mats, if you're a competitor, it's your responsibility to do your strength conditioning. Right. We don't sure. run a strength conditioning class. We used to. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, but you know, it's not what I we mean, run, yeah, yeah, people people are fond of it, but yeah. honestly, like my job is to coach them. Yeah. Not even to teach them. My job is to coach them, right? Tell me the difference. I think um, teaching, like, I don't, it's like, I do, like, so I do teach, like, some specific things that are hard to do if you're just exploring positions, right? So I would show stuff, but I would, I will coach more, you know, like, so I think coaching is you're involved right you're you're looking at the room you see what are fucking up right and you address that right so i'm actively always coaching i, I think that's what's for me maybe mm. maybe somebody gonna say that's not coaching but <laughs> for me I, I, that's how i understand it right I'm, yeah I'm coaching these guys i'm not like being like a teacher or a professor yeah, it's not a lecture. Here's step one, two, right, three, exactly. four, five. Everyone yeah. repeat it. Okay, now do it it's, again. It's, it's very difficult to teach, you know? Like, if you teach a 15-step X-guard yeah. sweep, it's super hard to remember all of it, Yeah. right? So we get to just to the nitty-gritty of it and let them figure out, you know? And right. they do figure out. If not, that's fine. Like, yeah. I'm, always, I'm, I'm always there. Nick's always there. Tim's always there, right? Walker, like, we coach them yeah right yeah and it's what it sounds like you're saying is like okay we we laid the groundwork here's three things to think about while you're doing this drill watch it happen and then kind of provide the feedback loop yes that's that's what we do that's exactly what what i'd like to see here's what i'd like to see that kind of thing you're you're better speaker than i (laughs) (laughs) I, I think i I can relate to that i'm even just you know coming back to the topic of i mean i was super skeptical about the whole ecological approach um he was you know, and because Enrique was super gung ho about doing it this way, you know, and I, I get, I came from a lot more traditional, I think, we both ways did. of doing. We, yeah, both, we did, both did, yeah. And but I, I think what you know, what I liked about it, or even just how we've kind of taken it, and, and we don't do it completely how we used to. Like when we first started off, we tried to go like four hundred percent. Yeah, I feel like I, I wanted to try it out. I just yeah. wanted to take it for a test drive for a few months, yeah. see what happened. So you kind of fully immersed. Mm-hmm. This is how yeah. we're going to do it, and then and, you. And start I don't to... claim to have full understanding of it. Sure, I, sure. I have the books. I have not yeah. read all the books. I have mm-hmm. read some of it, so I'm not claiming to know all yeah. of it. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing I like about it, though, which I think maybe mirrors like how I learned jujitsu, was like. You are, there. there is, okay, laying, I guess I've always believed that, like, okay, you need to know what the rules are before you can break them. Like, my body type and my style is different. And, like, mm-hmm. again, I I can do, I know how to do an X pass or, you know, I know how to do a X sweep from X guard, but how I do it is going to be a lot differently than how Daniel does it, how you do it, how Enrique does it. Yeah, but, you know, a, it's a, different when you're a white belt, just like, you know, you don't know the rules. So you just kind of make it up and you develop a bad habit. Whereas, okay, here are the here are the things that make this pass work. And now that you know what are the things that make it work, how do you adapt it into your... Mm-hmm. And I think what I liked at least about the stuff he was sharing about me and the stuff I was reading about 
this style of teaching, which was different maybe, but mirrored maybe how I saw jujitsu was like, okay, how do we not discourage that creativity, but also teach like, okay, this is how you, you know, you teach the rules first and then you're like, okay, now you, now the creativity and the art comes with making it your own, you know? And sometimes they will ask me, so how do you do this? And I'll say, well, this is how I do it. Right. But I do it because I have a specific body type or specific injuries. Right. So, I adapt jujitsu to my body, so I tell them, you have to find a way to adapt it to you, right? Yeah, and I think everybody's so, experienced that. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. the first time you put on a daily heave hook, just like your first time having yeah. to explain, you're like, that, that's not how the human body moves, <laughs> right? That's a useless thing for me to do, yeah. right? And you do it, and you do it, and you realize, okay, maybe a little higher, a little lower. Mm-hmm. You, you start to yep. literally find yep. your way, whether you know what your mm-hmm. way is or not. Exactly. Yeah. What what we try to do though is to shorten that time between like so if I show you a, a, a the lahiva sweep right like shorten the amount of time when where they figure out like okay this is the lahiva sweep to the time they can actually pull it off right that's why we do so many live drills right so I, I give them a specific objective. And like a specific thing that they have to use, right? yeah. And and that's how they start exploring the positions. Yeah, yeah. You you're know? you're pressure testing. Yeah, yeah. Stress tested. Do yeah. it. Yeah, I, and that, that's why I tell them we, sure, we yeah. have to stress test it because otherwise, you can drill. So I don't, I don't know how many times you've seen it, right? Like they tell you to drill something, you drill it like <laughs> ten minutes, and then you're supposed to pull it off in a situational go. Yeah. Most people don't. No, at least in my experience, that, <laughs> that I see. No, I, I, it's super yeah. hard. But 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 if I give them like a, let's say from from I don't know single leg X right, tell them okay, start from single leg X and your objective is going to be the, put their hips on the mat or the hands on the mat and that's it yeah. that's it, right? And the other person like they're not gonna pass but they're just disengaged. Yeah. So 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 the person on bottom is not worried about somebody fully passing the guard right? They're just trying to disengage, get to the line of the feet or the line of the knees and that's it right? So, so that's that's how I yeah. run it, right? So I I will teach some stuff, but then I'll coach that aspect, yeah. right? Like, and uh, yeah, and I think from the coaching side of it, I mean, again, I mean, now that kind of in a position where you're trying to coach people through these things and give them feedback, I think having that like specific goal even makes it easier for us or me as a coach to see, okay, in this situation, you know, what are they doing wrong? And how can I provide them immediate feedback or coach them through it? Because I think, you know, again, I'm not waiting for a whole role for them to end up back into, you know, De La Hiva. And then they're frustrated. And then they ask me, you know, 10 minutes later, how do I get out of that? You know, mm-hmm. and you're, they're practicing it and doing it repetitively in this controlled environment. And I think, I don't know, I just, I think even as a coaching style, or even like if you're trying to coach them through that thing in a live situation, it's like, I th- yeah, I think it's easier to coach it and see what they're yeah. doing wrong and, and, and give them immediate feedback on how to do it right, which is what I liked about, you know, even just reading about this style, I guess. Right. You know? Well, it's easier learning a paragraph of Spanish or a phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's going to be easier to coach or teach yeah. the phrase than it is yeah, the paragraph. There's fewer corrections. That's a good, I like then that. you move on to the next sentence. But then yeah. sooner or later, I'm going to start talking the way I talk, even in Spanish. Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. You know, and that's where the ecological thing maybe comes in. So, yeah. for example, if I'm teaching, let's say, a, a, a Kimura from. from from open crush position, right? So side control to open crush, right? I'm not, so if I show it, I'm not going to teach it and then 
have them do a situational go from side control, hoping to isolate the arm, get to the kimura, and then finish. Right? That's that's a lot, especially for like people people that have no experience, right? So one way that I would do it is start in the open crush with the kimura and hold the position, right? And the person bottom is trying to escape. So in, in that situation, both people are working. Somebody's working their escapes. Somebody's working like to hold the position. And then we'll add the submission. And then we'll add, well, isolate the arm, get to the open crush. But, so you see where I'm going with yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or start with the arm isolated, just try to get to the camera position, right? right? Person bottom has to escape, right? So they're very hyper-specific drills. So it's, it's different than like a si- the traditional situational go, right? sure. where it's like, okay, well, uh, you pass the guard and you just retain guard. Yeah. Right. It's, right, it's right. more, to me, it's more specific than that. Yeah, right. it's just been kind of cool. Yeah, I don't know. More interesting too. Yeah. Uh, well, if, you, if you're gonna retain, keep your guard, and I'm gonna pass your guard, and we just sit there in your guard trying to pass your guard mm-hmm. for the three minutes, like that sucks. Yeah. It's not not. It's not that it's not worthwhile, but it's not fucking yeah. sexy and, at and all. And I think I think what <laughs> what not to brag about my guys and my girls, but like I think that's what make makes them so good because. By the time it starts, the class starts up until they're mostly doing live drills. Whereas in a more traditional school, they probably do a warm up, they do technique, and then at the end they might do rolls. Yeah. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, so that's that's how I, that's how we're doing it right now. Yeah. It might change. <laughs> yeah, I, and one would hope so, right? Yeah. Yeah. Ideas, new ideas. It, it new always changes. You know, it's yeah. always changed for me. You know. Yeah. What do you What do you think about? So, like, I'm somebody. My like, I know my learning style. I need loads of drilling repetition because I am very stupid. <laughs> I am slow on the uptake. Like, I need a thousand. Where do I even put my hand? Where's my foot supposed to go? Mm-hmm. Repetitions. You know, so like my arc from learning about a technique to like being even reasonably successful in a live go type of thing mm-hmm. from that position, super long compared to like normal brained human <laughs> right, beings, right. right? Do you bump into that where like, okay, this person clearly needs to back up a little bit, so we're going to pull them off uh, or do, do people I, meld I, in pretty I think, well? I think it happens more when I used to teach like full techniques. It happens less now when... We're doing hyper-specific drills because sure. you're working through the whole sequence Got it. live. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And it's one piece at a time. We're it's gonna, one piece at a time. Exactly. It's one piece at a time. It's yeah. one piece I, at a time. I think what also helps with that too, at least, you know, because then we've tried to experiment and, you know, but I think what helps with that too is, you know, having eyes, like, looking at what's going on. And that's why I think it's cool that, like, yeah, like, when these drills are going on, it's, like, me, Enrique, sometimes Tim, or Eugene kind of walking around, you know? Because you'll notice, like, again, what you don't want, I guess what I've noticed is, like, sometimes, you know, I or I try to catch when it's okay. They're clearly doing something that is maybe, like, you know, off base or just, like, and it's usually most of the newer people have never done it or don't Correcting understand the position. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so you correct it right there and then, Correcting and the now they get to use it in a live situation of, like, putting their hand where it's supposed to be um, instead of them doing, like you said, like, maybe you know, 30 repetitions of the drill with their hand in the wrong place and then they go in a live position and it's, you know, wrong. At least now with eyes looking across and, and watching each situation and being able to walk around and either slow a group down or correct something right there and then and then watching mm-hmm. them, you know. So I think having eyes 
or coaches around who can see the room and, and see them go through these mm-hmm. things. I know that's why I feel like I'm the most helpful, I guess. You know? And sometimes yeah. what I'll do is I'll start the class with a live drill. Like, let's say if we're working on outside passing, right? Okay, so two and a half minutes on top, two and a half on bottom. Uh, person on top, just get chest to chest, right? And then after they do that, I'll bring everybody in and yeah. ask the question. So where are you, guys, where are you, guys, where are you getting stuck? Right. Yeah. So we kind of have I, a I question love and that style. We have a question yeah. and answer, and then I explain things, and we do drills and all light drills, right? So it's pretty cool. I, I think it's pretty it, cool. It is. And, and again, I, I don't claim to like my style is the best because it's not right. Like right. it's always changing. Yeah, it's always yeah. changing. Yeah. But yeah. I, I like both. Both if if we've got both versions, let's say of what you guys have talked about, because it, you're taking drilling is hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Despite the fact that I need ten thousand reps of things mm-hmm. in order for it to stick in my brain, but that the if coach is walking around and saying, "No, your hand here, not here." Start with that and see what you like. Mm-hmm. It's it's an automatic pressure test. It, it takes it from hypothetical yeah. into reality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because exactly. you're in that situation in a live role, let's <laughs> yeah. say, and suddenly, oh, the real grip is this way. Yeah. And now it's all real and it feels real. And for me, and for me, like again, I don't claim to know if. If it's if if I if my method is a mm-hmm. I don't I think it depends on the room depends on everybody right? and because everybody's different right but I'm willing to fuck up for in order to my students to get better right mm-hmm. I'm willing to explore things and if they don't work they don't work bring it bring something else right right yeah. it's all good information useful yeah information. yeah for me yeah. yeah I mean I try to I try to do the best for them that that's my priority to do the best for them. Yeah. Where's this gym going next? We're looking at a different, <laughs> looking at a different place. Why is that so funny? So for next, because the, the least answer, we're we're getting big for this place. Yeah, I've seen. I mean, you can see, you can tell in pictures, you know, which are usually deceiving of spaces, but you can see that's a big group of people, and there's walls on each yeah. side. So I don't know. Um. So yeah, we're, we we want to move, but as far as as far as that, as far as these guys. Um, well, we're going to we're going to trials this year, right? Mm-hmm. Like two or three people are going to trials. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. You know, it's always good experience for them. It's just gonna make mm. them better. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, I don't they, know if I, I don't know if anybody else has done trials here. I don't think a lot of people here in Minnesota have done like ADC Open either. Yeah. So it, it, we, see, we do it, it all. Like, we do it all. We do it all. Yeah. Just, show up to everything. We do it all. Yeah. Right. We do it all, and I think. It's a bit of a bummer I mean, in, in that regard, Minnesota is, because I don't think people compete a lot. I think academies send their people to, like, Masters Worlds, and that's it. Yeah, it, it does seem to be a common thing. You know, well, but like, the tricky thing is, like, if you want a big show, mm, you got to go to Chicago. Mm, you know, mm, I mean, in terms of a tournament style, mm, especially, right? But, but even, like, if, even, like, grappling industries, like, send your people. For sure. It's be so cool to have like way more people, more competitors, you know, like stress test your jujitsu. Right. right. Yeah. You know, we're going next month. We're going to Iowa to sub spectrum. Is that next month? Yeah. For a third. Oh yeah. February. It's January. It is January. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. already January. <laughs> you got a big group going. Is it? Yeah, how, I mean, I'm. I haven't been down to those yet. Are they big shows? I they mean, is really this like good. a six-hour thing with match after match after match, or is it? Is it more like a fight to win where it's a couple three hours, bang through ten matches? Um, 
I don't even it's have pretty a, quick. I think this one, it's only 250 competitors. Isn't that <laughs> fucking huge? That's a lot. Am I well, wrong? If you compare it seems it to like a, a lot. If you compare it to a cropping industry, you yeah. have like 800. Yeah, sure. Right. You know? And it's like a 19-hour thing. Yeah. <laughs> but like the advanced divisions are like on a stage. It's super nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, really good tournament. Yeah. Plus, they pay cash if you win. Yeah. So. Got more of that. Bring more of that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, do, you, do, you think, um, do you think there's this like almost a false prestige about like i only go and do the ibjjf yes, absolutely. <laughs> didn't even have the question absolutely. is it you think that limits people locally in terms of not competing enough because they don't they don't just show up to the naga and the grappling industries and just get on the mats enough no i i, I don't know like people think i'm an asshole because <laughs> because i speak my mind on that right like i i think if, you, if you're a gym you should send your people Sure. You should send your people. Or if we you're if it. if you intend to compete, you should go you should, you should, go yeah, compete. Like How about that? For me, that's that's exactly for sure. me. Is like if you want to compete at big shows, you have to do the small ones. Right. You have to. That's just practice for that. Mm. That's why I have my guys do all of it. Sure. Because I don't think like you can show up to ADCC Open in Chicago and win it if you have not. You did done, two like, two regional IBJJFs right. this year. And now you're going to go dominate. And then, and then sometimes, like I think, what I say is that most people compete at Masters. Like you get one or two matches, and that's it. These guys are getting 10, 12 matches. Sure. Like, imagine yeah. the the amount of experience. Like right. I mean, it makes a difference. And it, it ties back to the the coaching philosophy thing. You you start with like simple instruction all the way up to live goes mm. and full rows. Yeah. Well, the, the next level then is the real deal mm -hmm. right and, so get and, those reps and, and if you remember what i said right mm -hmm. my job is also to build confidence I, i'm not gonna send you to subspectrum or you know ibjf chicago if you have not competed at all right yeah. you're gonna get crushed right those they're hard tournaments yeah. or pan amps or whatever mm -hmm. right, right. Mm -hmm. do the ones here you know build yourself and then we go right because mm -hmm. you know what it feels like you know what you know like what it's like to perform under pressure right? well and even from the the perspective of like the the competitor that should be getting out there more like why wouldn't you want to mm. right like I, I i just think back to when i've competed in things and i'm never competing in jiu-jitsu so maybe right. i'm out of line here <laughs> but like i'm doing as many local strongman competitions as i can because the there big show is in vegas exactly. and everybody's a monster exactly so i want to be yeah. i want as many failures out of the way yeah. right now locally when nobody's looking yeah I, I think yeah again i think people think i'm an asshole because i think we have like i don't know a really really good competition team but it's just like we put in the work you know right like again we do we do yeah. naga we do soft spectrum we do adcc we do ibjf what else we do grappling industry grappling and uh, we've done the fuji food, one. we do fuji yeah. we, we do all of it we do yeah, yeah all of it <laughs> well and they'll be bigger there'll be more fujis and bigger and better in the area since brian is like in on it now or whatever right. so hopefully yet another yeah. opportunity right yeah we, we do fight to win for sure with the ones at the brewery we, we do all yeah. of it like pff, yeah we don't care we'll, we just want to fight <laughs> i think the first fight to win i went to um got me curious about you guys because you could tell there was a serious energy about the crew mm -hmm. and it was tim up on the stage grabbing an arm and like screaming at the crew yeah. off to the side of the mat who happened to be right next to me yeah. so like maybe it was just feeling the energy but it seems like you guys have an awesome crew in that regard so so i treat the gym like a team like we have no clicks like everybody everybody's welcome everybody's welcome to come hang out come eat 
come compete, come hang out after competition, all of it. We do, he's yeah. my witness. We we do it all together, right? And we we go as a team. We go as a team, right? And I think that's the difference too, right? And also, like I'm there for every event. Ninety nine percent of the events, I'm there. You know, I, I don't see that from other gyms. Sure, sure. <laughs> And I think that's why they're successful too, right? Because they see that I'm committed, so that then they're committed to the gym, mm -hmm. right? And that's all I care about. Yeah. I care about their success, right? Because I think success here also translates to sex outside the gym. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the better you do at stuff, the better you do at stuff. <laughs> that's yeah. right. right. Simple. That's a good quote. Yeah, Simple. Like uh, he, he explains things better than <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, need, I need as few words as possible for my brain, so I have to dial it in. You, kids program? We do. Yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, we okay, do. I didn't even know. Yeah, it's a small, it's a smaller mm -hmm. program. I think it's the area. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, truthfully, a tricky area for, for yeah, a kids program. Yeah, have, we have a lot of young people. Most of our guys, yeah. I feel like, are students or young professionals. I've noticed yeah. that, yeah. 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 We have yeah. the morning class that we call them the dad crew because it's all the, the morning <laughs> the morning Guys that got to get know? to work. <laughs> yeah. We probably have like 15, 20 kids. It's not a lot. Sure, yeah. sure. But it's something to build on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to? Oh yeah. 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 That's that the, the kids program seemed to feed a lot. Like I mean, okay, we, it's it's money, cool, but like mom and dad are here, they're going to grow up and continue to be students, etc., mm -hmm. etc., yeah. et We know. have we have some kids that are really really good. Yeah. Like every time they compete they just destroy. Nice. So I do want more yeah. kids. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your kids. Yeah. <laughs> Bring your kids. You know? uh, is that something on your like to-do list as you consider moving so you've got yes. better room to do that? Even for this year, for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah, that's priority. Yeah, if you can have the kids over here doing a class and then the adults doing a class too, it just seems clutch. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, at a bare minimum, seems yeah. like the way, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 You guys feel confident giving me jujitsu advice? maybe so well, it depends what the advice is yeah, yeah. it's very general very general so this is this is what kind of one of my only key questions i let these conversations do whatever they do but sure. I, I make sure to ask this question i'll start with you so you're black belt now so you're an expert supposedly you, you, you know you know everything <laughs> you need to know yeah right but you do coach you do teach so you've got some ideas in your head in this yeah. regard so yeah um for each level okay we'll go with the belts you, sure. you can frame it however you want Give advice for each of those levels. Okay. That's a good question. Um, I feel like that's something I more or less, I, you know, talk to some of these guys about. Um, I think one, it is a mental thing, you know? So I think, I mean, more than anything, I mean, jujitsu is a physical thing, but I, I feel like the biggest burnout is, is mental and learning to maybe get over yourself and also being put in uncomfortable situations. So I will say like, white belt it's like and i think it, it is a good analogy for life um but like you know like it's just being honest with where you're at and if you're a white belt it's like you're not you're not be you're not out there to tap everybody out it's like you're gonna get you're gonna learn what it is to be like oh like put in very vulnerable positions and, and get thrashed and most i don't think a lot of people have hit points in their life and that's why jujitsu is sometimes scary for them because it's like you know they've never been like on the losing end sometimes of like a physical or just a situation and it takes you to, you know, um, yeah, life can be super can, easy, yeah. especially for a lot of people. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So yeah, if you've, if you've never pressure tested oh, sure. your yeah, of temperament, course, yeah. yeah, let alone anything else, you, but you know, yeah. It, but it's always fun seeing the guys who maybe, you know, come in, you know, thinking they've, 
you know, they're, they're pretty successful in their garage matches and all that, you know, <laughs> they're pretty muscular and then they come in and, you know, they get wiped, you they know, four wiped by, you know, our smallest guy, you know, which mm-hmm. isn't even, it's not always me, you know, yeah. but, um, but I think that's a, that's a good learning experience. And I think at white belt, it's, it's good to remind them because you, I think that's where you see a lot of the frustration is like, uh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing you. It's reminding them like, Hey, at white belt, you're, you're learning how to survive, you know? Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, a reality check. Or, it is. Or like a I mean, reset. yeah, you're learning how to swim. You're learning how to tread water, yeah, you know? Yeah. Like if it's in swimming analogy, it's like, yeah, you're, you're just learning how to float, yeah. you know? And right First now, you're learning you yeah. don't know how to tread water. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Right? And then you're learning to yeah, do Yeah, yeah. And I can you can tell when people get ahead of themselves, you know? I mean, and that happens at every belt, you know? I think, but mainly between white and blue, it's like they get ahead of themselves. They think they're supposed to be like this superstar. And it's like, no, you're a two-stripe you know, you're a half-stripe white belt, you know, <laughs> like, just take it easy, man. Like, it's okay, you know, and, like, a lot of times it's just take him to the side of me, like, hey, look, you're not as bad as you think, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and we probably, were yeah. all as bad as and you And we're all there, yeah. Are, like, I mean, really. I was I was definitely there, and so um, I think that's definitely white belt. I think for me, and I, and I will say this is, like, the phenomenon for blue belt is I feel like, you know, they've worked so hard. Blue belt, it's, from white going to blue, it's easy to see a light at the end of the tunnel. And you're like, okay, you're working hard towards an end goal. And after blue belt, it gets a little bit ambiguous. You know, you're like, I don't know how long. Like, I was a blue belt for like six years, you know. So like, you know, and some people are like, you know, they don't get their, you know. And I think there's just a lot more responsibility that comes with blue belt. And then they realize like, wow, it's like, and I think it's all in their head. It's all mental, but it's like, oh, wow, like. I can't tap to white belts. And when they start getting tapped by white belts and it's like, you know what, this jujitsu thing isn't for me. And that's a mental thing you got to get through too. You know, it's like, I mean, life's like that. It's like, you know, um, and I think purple belt is, I think the coolest belt, I think to see. And, and it's almost a universal answer. That's going to yeah. be another question is what belt did you yeah. like the most or, or was the, most valuable? The biggest is yeah. always the answer. And I think the biggest advice, and I've always taken this, it was one of the black belts uh, at my old gym back in Hawaii told me, you know, he says, you know, at once you hit purple, it's like now you owe jujitsu something. Like you have a responsibility to jujitsu. Um, whereas, you know, white and blue, you, you just take, you can take whatever is it. You can, you can dip your toes in. You're not really like in it, you know? But once you're purple, it's like now you have a responsibility to like learn, to teach, to be a good ambassador of jujitsu because you're in it, you know, like that's when it, and I'll say that's where it, it flipped for me, you know, and even coming up here and it was probably after that speech that I asked Enrique, hey, can I like start teaching? You know, it's like you give, you give back to the sport, you give back to the art once you have purple. Um, and it's cool to see that switch, you know, especially with our guys, like I think you see it, you know, it's like. You know, and then I think that's where maybe the, the changes in the dress. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where the difference. I think it gets a little blurred between purple, brown and, and black. But like, you know, and there's all things about, you know, learning purple. You're learning how to refine brown. You're kind of like learning how to like, OK, what is you and what's not you, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's fun coaching people through white and blue just because I I remember those times like just when I first started and like the mental battles that, you know, you go home on your long drive home after getting smashed and like, you know, you have those existential, cra- that mm-hmm. still happens at black but, and brown, yeah. you know, but like, right. you know, it's, but at least as a black boy, you can go beat up some blue belt and feel better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can kind of see it. I think that's the coolest thing, but I think reminding people, you know, like just be realistic about where you're at and like, you know, you're a white belt. We don't expect you to act like a, a, a blue belt, you know, but, mm-hmm. and I think it's just, learning that i think but yeah i don't know I, that was a long-winded answer to say like sure. you know 
Maybe to answer that question, I guess. Yeah. You feel you feel uh, qualified to give advice to black belts? No, not okay. at all. Good not man. yet. Good man. Nice <laughs> not at all. Answer. Not at all. Enrique, what did he get wrong? I'm going to start with black belt. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think we don't know it all. Yeah. Right? And um, you should be prepared to be humble. Yeah. Right? Because we don't know it all. We don't have all the knowledge, right? We, we're not this. All, I, I don't even like people call me professor, call me Enrique or coach, right? I'm not up on a pedestal. I want to be as grand as I can, right? That, that's my advice. Um, it's literally kind of like being a white belt again. Because <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a whole, it's like you go through this trajectory, you know, you get to black belt if you're smart or you're self-aware, I shouldn't say smart, you're self-aware, you realize, man, <laughs> I'm, I'm just a dude. <laughs> I'm just a dude and I'm just really doing something that I love and people are with me because I'm honest with them, right? And I'm honest about myself, right? And I'm not, not pretend to, to be an asshole and to pretend to be like this guy that has superpowers because I'm not, yeah, yeah. right? That's the way I lead. Right, I lead by committee. If I don't know anything, I'll ask Nick or I'll ask Tim or I'll ask Walker or whoever has the knowledge. I will ask. Right, I don't have, I'm not afraid to ask. Right. Yeah. And I don't like to sit on the sidelines. So, I think for black belts, you have to be humble. Right. Also because you you're gonna get tapped. Your students are gonna get better. Yeah. And I feel that you have to expose yourself. You really do have to expose yourself with them because that's how you gain respect. Right. Sometimes like they don't even want you for the technique, like because technique is finite. Right. Like there's only so much you can give. I mean, I have some guys that are they're freaks. They're super athletes. You know, what am I going to tell them? But they're here because because leadership skills, guidance. Right. Not necessarily because, oh, I, I can teach you a De La Hiva sweep or <laughs> X-car sweep. They don't give a shit. Right. They want somebody to believe in them and somebody to ride the bus and they can hop in and we go, you know, that's what they want, right? Not necessarily like he can kick my ass, you know? One day, one day I was, uh, uh, it was right after COVID and I, I was having a, cause I, I got COVID like in the beginning and I had a lot of long, you remember that, I had a lot of long, uh, lung problems i think i had long long covid you know i was sitting here i was i was really crying i was tearing up because i couldn't roll with the guys and somebody came to me and said hey man we we don't we don't we're not here because of you rolling with us we're we're here because you're a leader right or your leadership skills not because you're rolling skills and that really opened up my eyes right so it's me learning from them too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, always comes back around. That, it, that, it does. That, that's it really why. does. And I tell them all the time. I yeah. learn from you guys so much. Right. And I learn about myself from you guys. And that solidifies your point about like, and people say it, but you become a black belt, you sort of have to become a white belt again and start. Yeah, yeah but I, I guess I guess that gets, gets lost a little bit in the cliche. Mm-hmm. I think you really, really have to understand it. Yeah. Like, you really have to be open to it, right? If you're not open to it, you're going to miss it. Say, yeah, I'm the, you know, you got to be a white belt because I've got to learn more and more technique. No, it's not about that. It's not, it's not about that at all, 
right? It's like, it's about your people and how you take care of your people, how you lead your people, right? You're there for your people, right? All of it, all of it, right? How you treat them, you know what I mean? Like, and don't be a pretentious asshole. <laughs> don't. <laughs> You're just a human being, man. Just, just a human being. That's for other martial arts, right? <laughs> yes, hopefully. Uh, this is a damn good answer, so it's a shame I'm going to ask you at least one more here and, yeah. and, and close it out on something lamer. But uh, your favorite belt level or your most meaningful belt level for for your path? Like, man, I loved blue belt. Mm. Nobody's ever said that, I think, I in think the history black. of the world. But black? Black, for sure. Because I think uh, as a black belt, it's the most work I've done on myself, right, on my mental health. And the most I've learned from them, right? Because before I didn't, I, I had no idea, right? I had no idea what I had until I hit black belt. And then, I don't know, like I knew I had to do something different, right? I knew I had to develop my leadership skills, right? Uh, my communication skills, um, interpersonal skills, right? All of it. And... Uh, that, I think that's why it's my, and it's like a lifelong right. belt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Welcome to it. Right. Because it's, it's going like, to be a while. Yeah. It's yeah. going to be like a long, long road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's cool because I, I just keep learning, man. I just keep learning. I, I really, really, really enjoy it. Really, really enjoy it. Yeah. You know? So it, it, it almost spurred changes in the rest of your life. Absolutely. Like you're a better person now since becoming a black belt. Is yeah, that, I, think, I think I think they were both hand in hand. Sure. Um, my mental health and getting a black belt, they, you know, I had already started doing some mental health work and it just coincided when I got my black belt and it just, it's that's why it's my favorite, you know? Yeah, yeah. Doing better at things makes you better at things. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, for <laughs> sure, like for quote. sure. I like for that sure. quote. Closing thoughts? Shout out to Jim. What's the address? Shout out to Southside and the Wrecking Crew. I don't have the address (laughs) memorized. Kennedy Building. (laughs) 2303 Kennedy Street Northeast in Minneapolis. Right? We're in a small spot, but it's a cool spot. You want to ever come check us out, check us out. If you you come from a different gym, you're absolutely welcome. Any gym, you're absolutely welcome. Yeah. Just be ready to work. (laughs) That's all. Cool. Thanks, boys. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Pohada Podcast. And hey, if you're a regular listener, head on over to the Pohada Podcast on Instagram, where amongst the ridiculous memes, you'll find a link to the merch shop and be able to keep up with the disorganized going-ons of the show. And hey, before you go, here's a little preview of an upcoming episode. I had grown up uh, around a lot of fighting and, and, and violence in the late 80s and early 90s. And so I, immediately my radar was like, this dude can fight. He's tough. Um, and he was like, oh, you guys are interested in training. We'll come back tonight for the 7.30 phase class. And it was actually Greg. And uh, so he taught the very first class that I ever took. And, you know, we did elbows on the tie pads, and I was hooked. I was like, this wor- this is clearly all this other martial arts stuff that my friends have been doing you know i it was cool but i it wasn't you know i knew people that were good fighters that just fought in the street and we had zero training really so um i could tell right away that the training method that they that rick and greg were doing at the collie group was street certified (laughs) 